Hello, I'm Mary, and you're listening to First Pages Readings. In this podcast, I explore reading and celebrate books as cultural messengers. Each episode, I'll read from three books of either fiction, nonfiction, young adult, middle grade, or poetry. Hello and welcome to First Pages Readings, episode 33, and thanks for joining me. Today I'll be reading from three young adult books, so let's get started. Today's first book is Mad, Bad, and Dangerous to Know by Samira Ahmed. This is an inspiring and original story with two alternating narrators who live during different time periods. With a mystery at the core of the book, that bridges the narrator's lives. The book is part coming-of-age story, part cultural exploration, and so much more. I loved this book, its characters, and its engaging rendering of important issues. The first page of Mad, Bad, and Dangerous to Know. Kayam. I live in between spaces. The borders between nations, the invisible hyphen between words, the wide chasm between one of us and me alone. French-American, Indian-American, Muslim-American, biracial, interfaith, child of immigrants. A Parisian for one month a year, the month when all the other Parisians flee the city. A girl staring at her phone screen, looking for love, but knowing it's not going to show up. I didn't choose any of this, which is not to say I wouldn't have, given the opportunity, but it's not like I ever had the option. I don't even get a say in my diminutives. It's always Frenchy or La Petite Americaine. The people who can't guess what I am think I'm exotic. Some people say I'm lucky to be an ethnomorph, a person whose brown skin, brown hair, and brown eyes make it seem like I could be from half the countries in the world. But I'm not a passport that everyone gets to stamp with a label of their choosing. Today's next book is The Astonishing Color of After by Emily X.R. Pan. This book addresses complicated topics like mental health and suicide, and yet the book manages to be imaginative and hopeful in surprising ways. A beautiful story arises as a young girl loses her mother to suicide and travels to Taiwan, where her maternal grandparents live. The story alternates between the past and the present, as well as between hope and anguish, and it takes us on a journey, sometimes magical, sometimes sorrowful, and full of epiphanies. The first page of The Astonishing Color of After My mother is a bird. This isn't like some William Faulkner stream-of-consciousness metaphorical crap. My mother is literally a bird. I know it's true the way I know the stain on the bedroom floor is as permanent as the sky. The way I know my father will never forgive himself. Nobody believes me, but it is a fact. I am absolutely certain. In the beginning... That mother-shaped hole was made of blood, dark and sticky, soaked to the roots of the carpet. Over and over again, I rewind back to that June afternoon. 
I walked home from Axel's, just in time to see my father stumble out onto the porch, clearly looking for me. I'll never be able to erase that image. His hand slick and shaking, maroon smeared across his temple, chest heaving like it was iron filings getting sucked into his lungs and not air. At first I thought he was injured. Lee, your mother. He choked on the sentence, face puckering into something awful. Today's third book is Dominicana by Angie Cruz. I love this book. It has such engaging storytelling, and the strength of the story hits like a lightning bolt as it builds to a crescendo. While the story is specific to Anna, a young, recently married woman who immigrates to the United States from the Dominican Republic, many of its themes are universal, like learning to be self-reliant and caring for one's parents. Anna's awareness grows as the story progresses, and with resilience and resourcefulness, she grows into adulthood. The first page of Dominicana. The first time Juan Ruiz proposes, I'm 11 years old, skinny and flat-chested. I'm half asleep, my frizzy hair has busted out from a rubber band, and my dress is on backwards. Every other weekend, Juan and three of his brothers show up past midnight, all the way from La Capital, to serenade the good country girls in the area who are eligible for marriage. They're not the first men to stop by and try at me and my older sister, Teresa. For years, people stare at me, almost against their will. I'm different than other girls, by no means pretty. A curious beauty, people say as if my green eyes are shinier, more valuable, to be possessed. Because of this, Mama fears if she doesn't plan my future, my fate will be worse than Teresa's, who already has her brown eye on El Guardia, who guards the municipal building in the center of town. That night, the first out of many, three of the Ruiz brothers park their car on the dirt road and clang on Papa's Colmado's bell, as if they're herding cows. The roads are dark under the cloudy sky and the absence of the moon. The power outages can last 15 hours at a time. There'd been some chicken stealing, and our store had been robbed twice in the past year. So we keep everything under lock and key, especially after Trujillo was shot dead, in his own car, after being El Jefe for 31 years. This amuses Papa. All his life, he had to look at Trujillo's photograph, along with the slogan, God in heaven, Trujillo on earth. No one could help laughing at his mortality. Even God had had enough. But Trujillo didn't go in peace. La Capital is in chaos. A tremendous mess, no law or order to speak of, full of crazies. Visitors from the big city tug their lower lids, warning us to remain vigilant. So we're vigilant. Mama, Teresa, and I huddle near the house while Papa walks toward the darkness with his rifle in shooting position. Thank you for spending time with me today. If you liked listening to this episode, 
please subscribe.